deceptive manipulative. He's also a former social worker and a political campaign activist. Some people in town say the base is run by aliens working with our federal government to conduct mind control and genetic experiments. I'm leaving. I'm glad. Thanks a lot, society, for railroading my ass. Welcome to the Eerie Americas. This is one of your hosts, Christy Hull. This is your other host, Vicky Ayala. What's up, people? Whoever's listening, thank you. I know out in the community, we've been talking about, before we started recording, the podcasting world and how it's starting to feel like we're just talking to ourselves at this point because everything's down and it's cool. I don't mind. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're the only ones who listen to our own episodes. But I don't care. I really don't. Like, thank you for those still listening. And to those who are going to listen when things get sort of back to normal and you're back to commuting... Go ahead and binge listen. Yeah, and remember all the craziness because we've talked about week by week. It'll be fun for you guys to catch Honestly, up. Honestly, it'll stuff be like a that. nice little look back because you'll see how progressively we got in and out of this uh, little quarantine. And funny enough, a, f- a friend of ours was talking to me the other day and she goes, You know, I was listening to the episodes before all this happened and it's funny to hear. It seems so like far away. Like life was, it was, it was so it was long ago, but yet not so long. <laughs> But yeah, we also, speaking of which, we wanted to give a shout out to the class of 2020, whomever you are, if it's medical school, high school, junior high, fifth grade, whatever. Congratulations. Yes. And this is such a year you have to celebrate because through all this, through craziness going on, you still managed to get your damn degree. And I can't say that I would. I can barely get through a workday. So I completely commend you. And I wanted to give a very extra special shout out to my friend, Kim, who finished her doctorate yesterday. And I know it sucks because her party got canceled and. And it's really weird going from, you know, like doing your doctorate over Zoom with like a bunch of people looking at you. But it's a really big accomplishment. She's been working at it for years. I am super proud of her. So, Kim, I'm so proud of you and congratulations. And everybody, just um, just because you didn't have a graduation, just because you didn't get your prom, it's no less of an accomplishment. Congratulations. We hope things get back to normal soon so you can have Very some sort soon. of celebrating. Um, but, it, you know, no matter what, it's a big accomplishment. And thank you for staying indoors. I know it's hard to celebrate inside. I can't imagine like having, imagine being like that girl that wanted to go to prom her whole life to like not be able to go. I hope you're in your dress raging at home. Like I really do. Still put on that dress. Still put on your makeup. Still listen to your favorite songs. Do whatever you have to do because it's not fair. Um, I personally know because- And I'm jealous. A lot of celebrities have jumped up and have been your DJs. Like I- Oh, speaking of that. terrible. Listen. Terrible at my prom. If anybody watches John Krasinski's like good little- Good news Some show. Good news. I am so Some jealous of the couple that got to have the cast of The Office as like their <sighs> fucking guests at their wedding. That Best is super. Zoom virtual is, wedding you I could would ask for. Die. Like I would probably legit just pass out and be like, "That's it." I'm uh, watching Steve Carell dance. I literally was like crying. I was, and I don't cry. I don't cry that much, but I was just like, yeah. The minute Steve Carell popped up and that Chris Brown song popped up from like the episode, the Jim and Pam's wedding, I was just like bawling. And there was, and I, and I follow most of the uh, crew on social media because I don't. Obviously, we've talked a ton on this episode on this podcast about how much we love The Office. But like Vicky and I are like hardcore fans, and uh, it's really crazy to see them live because like prime example phyllis she's not on social media she's lost a ton of weight i almost didn't recognize her for a second there was a couple moments like that just like steve carell so like, many pop-ups. he does he has twitter but he doesn't have like instagram or anything you see him and he has an instagram but he, he doesn't, doesn't post, go on it so like he posts like random old pictures i just love seeing him because i think he's one of the like men who like looks amazing like going gray like he just looks great yeah some guys look hotter as they get older and he's looking hotter it's it's honestly not fair yeah. 
as hard as we work, men look better as they get older. It's just bullshit. It really is. But stuff like that, like do what you have to do. I'm My birthday's coming up and I'm super bummed because we're here over in New York going to be closed Ugh. for my birthday. But I'm not going to not get too bummed about it because you know what? There are ways to stay in contact. I will Zoom every single person. I hope all my friends are ready for a Zoom brunch because that's what's going to happen on my birthday. Whatever you have to do to celebrate your graduation, do it. Zoom your friends. All put on your prom dresses. All put on whatever. You celebrate. And also shout out to some of the principals and stuff like that out there that are going door to door to their yeah, that's awesome. the kids' houses and like giving them. The, I've seen um somebody over here at St. Edmunds in Brooklyn. I think they went like house to house and handed like the, like little signs to the graduates. And I just thought that was amazing because, you know, I don't know how I would have felt at 18 not being able to celebrate graduating from high school. It's a very big thing. So um, just a shout out to everybody. Just making it through for this sure. quarantine. Thanks for staying home. I have a really interesting Reddit today for you guys. Yes. I just decided to go with the classics. So I found this Reddit and it is from the paranormal community, which is one of my favorites. And it's by Bill underscore DeWall. And he titled it. It's kind of long, but it's interesting. And I definitely want to post this um, into a, probably our stories on social media on Uh, Instagram, probably not our extras, but it's still interesting link. Uh, It says, when I was 12 or 13 years old, I thought I saw a demon until I saw this picture online and it shook me to my core. And he actually put the picture online, which we'll post. I had never heard of, quote, shadow people before and had no idea what to call what I saw. But one day I had the idea to type shadow hat man in search engine and what I saw shook me to my core. I then read about countless encounters with the entity, but none were like mine. All were like, it was at night, I saw it in the hall, or it was at night, blah, 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 but not me. What I saw happened in broad daylight and only a couple feet in front of me. Here I am 17 years later and it still freaks me out. Like I said, I was 12 or 13. It was a Saturday morning and not a school, not a school day. So I slept until about 9 30, 10 a.m. That's about right for me now. (laughs) No, I still, I woke up at seven today. It's a Saturday. I'm in full quarantine mode. I don't get out of bed till nine. I woke up and had breakfast with mom and dad. They got into a huge fight. Then they went into their bedroom on the other side of the house to argue. Isn't it interesting that I always feel like negative energy brings those kinds of things? Yeah, it does. It does. I watched some cartoons. Then around 11 a.m., I decided to go brush my teeth. Now when you walk into my bathroom, the sink is about two feet in right in front of the doorway. Center bathroom. So I entered and started brushing my teeth. There's this big mirror, but I saw nothing behind me in it. When I finished brushing my teeth, I get this sudden sinking feeling that somebody's standing right behind me. But I knew my parents were still arguing in the room and still saw nothing in the mirror. I remember the fear I felt turning around. Basically, this kid's brushing his teeth in the mirror, not seeing anything, but still senses something's around despite seeing nothing in the mirror. So pretty interesting. Then there it was, standing right outside the doorway, broad daylight, about two to three feet in front of me. It was tall. It would have had to crouched to the entry to the bathroom it was completely dark and shadowy and looked 100 percent like this picture except it had these horrifying glowing red eyes it stood there for a second staring at me i opened my mouth to scream but no sound came out i still have nightmares to this day of something bad happening and trying to scream but no sound coming out and then it reached out its hand toward me fingers pointing outward long skinny dark fingers it reminded me of the dementor from harry potter then with its outstretched hand It took a step towards me. Frozen in fear, I remember thinking, this is it. My life's over. Then, after taking one step towards with its outstretched hand, it just vanished. Gone. I immediately ran and told my parents. They didn't believe me and probably still don't to this day. 
My mom shrugged it off and my dad laughed at me, which didn't surprise me. He'd be that dad in the horror movie going, nothing is wrong with this house as pots and pans float midair around in the kitchen. As long as I lived in that house, I closed the door every time I entered the bathroom from then on and I slept with the lights on for years. Anyway, I saw a shadow person from the front page of our creepy and it inspired me to tell the story. To this day, I still wonder what the fuck happened and what it wanted. Honestly, I think I would have an issue brushing my teeth after that or just using the bathroom in general. That's creepy as fuck. Anything that happens in broad daylight, it's like, yo, this ghost doesn't even give a fuck. And it reached out for him. It's not even like it tried to hide it or just do a quick glimpse. Right. It's not like he just saw something in the mirror that scared him. It's like it reached out for you, dude. This is what he claims it looked like. So you see it. Except it had red glowy eyes. Oh, you know what that reminds me of? If you watch The Haunting of Hill House, if you have it, you should really watch yep. it. The man in the hat. That just creeped me out. I'm probably going to like it's middle of the day and I'm still going to turn my lights on. Like, well, we're going to post that probably in our stories just to kind of whet your appetite. I have a lighthearted episode for us today, so we'll get you less creeped out in like two seconds. I am apologizing in advance for my sniffles. Allergies it's are super bad. horrible. It's and I, there's year. nothing I can do. I took my allergy pill. Nothing I can do about it. I also apologize for any slurring of my words because I've been drinking <laughs> beer for the last four hours. Sorry, guys. I'm just tipsy. So one of the things that's kind of been keeping me from banging my head against the wall during quarantine um, is reading. It's something I never have time to do. And there's really like I don't have an excuse now. So I've been reading. Not gonna lie, it's not like I've read a ton of books. I think I'm on my second book, but whatever. It's more than I read all last like, year. Yeah. Last year. One book I'm reading, I'm not gonna say the name yet, only because I'm still reading it and I would hate to recommend it and then the ending fucking sucks and then I'd feel terrible for recommending it to you. But in the book, there is something that I did draw inspiration for this episode from from reading. In the book, one of the main characters at one point becomes a professional football player and he, like a lot of football players, suffers a brain injury. And winds up with two conditions that basically I can't pronounce. I'll try. It's hyperthymesia and synesthesia. So hyperthymesia, as per Wikipedia, is a condition that leads people to be able to remember an abnormally large number of their life experience in vivid detail. Oh my god, I think I have that. I think Chrissy does too. I think she remembers being I remember born. everything. I hate it. I mean, it's not minute by minute, but literally. it might as well be. I think I think our best friend has it too because she literally will tell me what I wore like out. It's a Scorpio thing, I think. It's but. a weird. Sh- it's some weird shit. But individuals with hyperthymesia can extensively recall the events of their lives as well as public events that hold some personal significance to them. Those affected describe their memories as uncontrollable associations where they encounter a date they quote unquote see a vivid depiction of that day in their heads without hesitation or conscious effort. That is directly from Wikipedia. So basically, they remember everything. On the other hand, synesthesia is is a perceptual phenomenon in which the simulation of one sensory or cognitive pathway leads to involuntary experiences in a second sensory or cognitive pathway. In one common form of synesthesia or color graphemic synesthesia, letters or numbers are perceived as inherently colored, which in this book, the person describes certain memories and certain things as seeing colors that we don't see. So like they they basically like in the book, he witnesses like something and he will never forget it. So like, while it's good, it also means like you'll literally never forget anything that you saw. And he sees certain things in color. And he can recall if he has ever met you by looking at you for two seconds, and he will like replay in his head everything. You know, the character experiences, like I said, he associates things with certain colors. So this got my brain going. And I just started wondering if there have been people who have developed any abilities after suffering an injury and the results kind of surprised me. So I actually, there's a lot of cases and I kind of just picked a few because it would, it would have gotten repetitive, but it happens more often than you think, even though the scientists try to say it doesn't, I still didn't expect to find so many. 
So here's a few stories about people who have gained abilities from injuries. The first case I'm going to talk about, his name is Alonzo Clemens. He's actually an American animal sculptor and savant who lives in Boulder, Colorado. Cool, not far This is not my first Colorado story. I have two Colorado stories for you. When Alonzo was a toddler, he actually suffered a fall that resulted in a severe brain injury. I actually looked in a lot of articles and websites to try to kind of find more details on the accident. And all I really found was that he fell as a toddler and they called it a family tragedy. Was it a real bad fall? It was a really bad fall because it actually resulted in him having a developmental disability. Ah, yeah. So real serious. And he's actually categorized having like a really low IQ between 40 and 50, which is below normal IQ. He is able to create very accurate animal sculptures out of clay. And when I say accurate, he can create a sculpture of any animal, even if he has never seen them or only seen them for two seconds. Wow. And it is anatomically correct. Whoa. And these are like life-size sculptures? He, he can make them life-size. He can make them small. He's mostly known for his small ones, but it will still be completely anatomically correct, even if like literally you like showed him a picture for two seconds or... His um, some of the articles said that his mom said that some of the animals he had never seen and he was able to create them out of clay. I wonder how you're told that you have a a low IQ, but then you can have an ability like this. That's really interesting. It's really interesting. And the thing is, he's he's able to create these realistic and anatomically correct animals in like a 3D version after only seeing a 2D picture of them. So like you don't see everything when you see a 2D picture of something. But yeah, he can recreate something he saw in 2D and 3D and it's completely correct. It's amazing. He's actually most well-known for his life-size versions of a horse, which is pretty amazing because horses are big. Yeah, they're big out he- They're big out here, though, too, so he's probably seen them the most. There's tons of people love horses out here. But most of his sculptures are of smaller animals, and he creates them in less than an hour. Like, some of them he's created in 20 minutes. So not only is he doing this, like, fantastic thing, but he's doing it in a very short amount of time. It's not like he's sitting there taking months to make one sculpture. In 1986, he had an exhibit in Aspen, Colorado, where some of his sculptures sold for as much as $45,000. Wow. So he makes like serious money off of these. That's amazing. Doctors call Alonzo a acquired savant. So there is different types of savant. A savant is someone who can store information in their memories just like anyone else does. But the difference is they can easily retrieve a phenomenal amount of information back. But it's usually like in a narrow range. So a savant will be like really good at math or obsessed with science. If you've ever seen a typical... You should watch Atypical, but that'll kind of show you a little bit. He's autistic, and a lot of savants are autistic, but it shows you if you've ever dealt with somebody who's autistic, they usually focus on one thing that they're, like, kind of obsessed with. A savant would just be a genius in that area. So, like, if you ever watch Rain Man, he's an autistic savant that's very good at math. Hmm. So that's kind of... Gotcha. But acquired savant is someone who becomes a savant as a result of an injury. He didn't exhibit any of this stuff before he had the injury. This is all something that just came to him after. So, for example, some savants can be exceptionally good at math or they can memorize dates or, in Alonzo's case, memorize animals and sculpt a depiction of them. Alonzo's mother, Evelyn Clemens, said of Alonzo, quote, he was always trying to sculpt things as a child, but I didn't realize what he was doing. Through it all, he was just trying to sculpt. And there are certain articles that said when he didn't have clay or when you took clay away, he would sculpt whatever was in the house or whatever was outside or whatever he could get his hands on. Wow. He was going to sculpt whether you gave him the materials or not. So when the movie Rain Man came out, it kind of brought a lot of light to savant syndrome because it's basically a term applied to individuals who have both a, de- a developmental disability and a spectacular genius level skill in a specific area. So you're not just a savant when you're just like a super smart person. Right. You're developmentally delayed. You're not supposed to be smart. You're not supposed to have any of these abilities, but you have just like a genius level skill in one area. Alonzo is recognized as one of the world's savants and has been featured on TV shows such as 60 Minutes, Geraldo, which 
and Discovery Channel's World of Wonder. And I will definitely be posting some pictures of his sculptures and they're just incredible. They look exactly like the animals. And that's actually like, that's a crazy thing to do. Even if you're just sculpting something, it's incredibly hard to sculpt. And to do it in 20 minutes after seeing a, seeing a picture for 20 seconds is... I've heard the expression, jack of all trades, master of none. But to be a jack of one trade and a master of one yeah. is something I've never heard of. Yeah, no, he's a master. Crazy stuff. Another case of Savant syndrome that also happened in Colorado is of Derek Amato. I wonder if it's in the water out here. It definitely is. Or maybe you guys just have more brain injuries. <laughs> but he actually had an accident at a swimming pool. He said that, quote, I miscalculated diving in the shallow end and hit the bottom of the shallow end with the side of my head and damaged the back end of his head. Oh, wow. So that's like one of my biggest fears in jumping into a pool. So after recovering from the accident, you know, completely recovered, he was fine. He was at a friend's house, walked over to the keyboard and just started playing the piano, which as someone who has studied the piano for like I, I did when I was in high school and like I haven't in the last few years but it's incredibly hard to play the piano like as a matter of fact if I were to get a keyboard right now all of the years that I sat there learning piano would mean nothing because I wouldn't know what I was I doing would, I don't even know I how to read the music anymore chopsticks in like a part of maybe a Beethoven song if I'm lucky yeah I can play like very simple yeah. stuff that everyone knows how to play <laughs> so he basically just started playing and I guess the injury had unlocked the secret talent because now Derek literally sees music he says oh, that I'm so the black, jealous. Oh. I, he literally sees black and white blocks and just follows whatever the blocks tell him to do. And he's able to play this beautiful music. And the crazy thing is he says that he has tried to learn how to read music, but I can tell you that reading music is incredibly hard. He can't do it. He's confused by it. He just sees the blocks in his head and is able to play music. And he could play some things that are already written or things that. Yeah, no, he, he will. Yeah, okay. it just taught him how to play. So according to him, quote, I just follow what the blocks tell me to do. I do my best to take those notes and put them into playing. He went from actually playing music that was already like composed and he just started composing his own because he's able to see music the way we are. I've heard a few musicians say that, like they can see music or like hear it everywhere they go. But to actually visually see something that, that creates a sound that makes sense and something that's already been played before. And he's able to phenomenal. interpret what these blocks are telling him and just play this fantastic music and now he can compose his own. He says it. He literally says that this is the best thing that's ever happened to him. And he knows that this is a phenomenal gift. He knows that he's given, he's been given a gift of something that people study it for years and don't get that good at it. He also experienced what it was like to be a homeless person in Colorado. He was actually homeless for a few years. And so he's also a really great person because he has written a book on his experience of not only the injury, playing the piano, but of being a homeless person. And he uses his talent to spread awareness on the homelessness problem in Colorado, which I think is pretty amazing. In Catholicism, there's a saint for music. Her name's Saint Cecilia. Saint Cecilia came down and like bopped him over the head with the flute and gave him this oh, ability she did. to do this incredible music because that's... Saint Cecilia is showing him how to play the piano. <laughs> I'm just so jealous. Like I'm really... I'm jealous too. I studied things, music for years and I can't fucking do shit. I went to middle school and high school practicing music and reading theory and I still can't do it to this day. Like I know... How I can read sheet music for singing because that's just something I did for so long. I telling you right now, if I got a keyboard tomorrow, I would be a beginner. I have no, I don't remember. I've had the same guitar for almost 20 years that I keep strumming the same chords I'm trying to practice over and over. So I know what the practice and the skill it takes. Music and is for, hard. It's hard. It's that's what I'm saying for you to get the injury over something that some people literally fight their entire life to master is just unfair. But at the same time, so damn cool. I'm glad he so recognizes damn. it though. 
So I have one more. Oh my God. I'm sorry, guys. I literally just went sliding. My Okay, so I don't know if I, like a lot of you, well, the, all three of you that are listening. Brooklyn's apartments are crooked. They're, they're always just, tilted. They're just crooked. It ruined my canopy. It, there's a lot of times where if I'm not sitting in my chair a certain way, I will just start sliding. And I literally just <laughs> went sliding towards my television. Oh, BK. Gotta love it. So now my last case of acquire savants, because this is like the most common thing that people get when they get brain injuries is they just acquire a genius ability in one area. So wait a minute. Are you telling me that if I have a brain injury, I'm going to acquire a skill? It's possible. It's one of the most common ways to get acquired savant syndrome because you have to acquire it. It's mostly brain injuries. And is it frontal lobe or back? It kind of depends on, I think it depends on where you hit your head because all of these people hit their head in different places. The last case of acquired savant syndrome I'm going to talk about is Orlando Sorrell. He, you know, not someone that possessed any special skills. He was just an ordinary 10-year-old. So like a lot of other 10-year-olds, he loves sports. And during one of his baseball games with his friends, his life kind of changed forever. On August 17, 1979, Orlando was playing a game with his friends as, as he was running to first base. As he was running to first base, a baseball struck, struck him on the left side of his head. So I think it does depend on where it strikes you. He fell to the ground and stayed there for a while before getting up. And like many kids, myself included, because I never wanted to be taken out of my softball games when I was playing, continued to play and didn't even tell his parents. So he sought no medical attention. Been there with soccer. Been Totally been there. Like, didn't tell my parents about half my injuries. He started suffering from headaches for a really prolonged amount of time. I don't know how long because I couldn't find it. But they said for a long time, he just had a headache every day. And then the headache just kind of eventually went away. But Orlando noticed that he was able to perform calendrical calculations, which means like anything with dates. He could basically recall on any specific, you can just literally throw a date out at him and he could recall the weather, where he was and what he was doing. And he could do this for every single day since he got in the accident. So he basically remembers every day of his life? Since the accident, he remembers every single detail and it all refers back to numbers and dates. So like if you gave him any type of other calendar, he would be able to revert it back to the Julian calendar. He just does something with dates. And it's just, imagine just remembering every detail of your life starting at a specific point. So every day from the accident, he could tell you everything about that day. He'd be the perfect witness. He would. Like you could. Where were you on this day? Because they're saying now that eyewitness testimony and like telling their story and then recanting later. Because you can't always remember everything that you do. It's the biggest thing in the Adnan Saeed case. Like you can't remember what he's doing every day. Right. But have this guy's abilities, then you're going to have no problem. Like if you if you're Orlando, you're the perfect candidate for seeing some crimes. This happened in 1979 when he was 10. So at this point, the dude is what? fucking 50 something 60 maybe so almost, imagine yeah. remembering everything you've done for the last 50 years and you're just like hey what happened on june 9th 1986 which is my birthday by the way and he'd be able to tell you the weather what he wore what he did every single detail of that day like i don't remember shit i don't remember crazy this morning. for real so orlando has kind of led a lot of people and scientists to believe that we all kind of obs- uh, uh, like possess these abilities and this intelligence but it's kind of trapped somewhere in our minds just waiting to get out because I mean it's literally like the baseball knocked knocked the sense into him I just always wonder what we'd be able to do if we used 100% capacity I feel like we'd be brains. way more like it, 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 it'd be both like I figure how evil would people we'd be able be to like if, levitate and fly and right hang like out there the would aliens. be some amazing feats but I also feel like how evil would people be if they use their entire brain that's true or would your using your entire brain give you the ability to foresee the right things and the wrong things how do we know who knows or maybe we'd just be super awesome yeah. people who did the right thing all the exactly. time exactly very interesting stuff so 
Acquired savant syndrome isn't the only condition I found that people have gotten with an injury. In a 2016 article on sciencealert.com, it talked about an Atlanta teenager named Ruben Nesimo. Sorry, I butchered that, but that name Sounds is about shit. Right. Stop putting two fucking consonants <laughs> together. Okay. One. But he kind of made headlines because he got a concussion during a soccer game. And actually, the concussion was pretty bad because he was in a coma for three days. And when he woke up from the coma, the native English speaker was speaking fluent Spanish. Whoa. He just woke up and the first thing he said was tengo hambre, which for you non-Spanish speakers means I'm hungry. And actually had difficulty speaking English. He was not a Spanish speaker person. He knew like... So he forgot his primary language? Yes. <laughs> and he spoke a language, he fluently spoke another language that he only knew a handful of words, which most people know a handful of Spanish words. He basically said that he was speaking like a native. And actually, like his, like What's after his dialect? first words... That they didn't say. Oh, I don't know. Damn. But I know he said tengo hambre. I wish I would know. Is it like Spanish? Like Spain Spanish? Like Spanish, like Castilian Spanish? As I say, or was Spanish, like... as I always say. Or yeah. is it Mexican Spanish? Or is it, or is it like Colombian Spanish, Spanish? Or right. like Dominican Spanish? Because right. there's very, there's different, very different dialects. So he basically said, quote, it started flowing out. I felt like it was second nature for me. I wasn't speaking my English right. And every time I tried to speak it, I would have a seizure. It was weird. It was not scary at all. I actually liked it a lot. It was really unique to me. I mean, I would love to wake up speaking like another language too, but it took Ruben weeks to regain his ability to speak English. So it didn't come back right away. Wow. So he had to relearn English? (laughs) He had to relearn how to speak English and was just speaking Spanish and not just Spanish, like fluent. Like you guys have to understand that there's different ways of fluency. Like I speak Spanish, but I have an American accent because I'm American. But he was speaking fluent Spanish with like an accent from whatever dialect he was speaking, which is... Not easy. Not easy at all. His Spanish skills were fading, but it kind of left doctors baffled trying to figure out what the hell actually happened. And it seems like this case kind of sounds too weird to be true. And it kind of reminded me of something that might happen on House. I never saw House, but I've heard weird things happen on the show. So it's just really weird. And I could have been a, Ruben, I could have been a symptom person on house with all my weird allergies. You are a symptom person in real life. Like we need house <laughs> to come to you and figure out why the hell you if have any so many doctor allergies. like house is listening. Come examine me. <laughs> please, please tell me why Christy breaks out into hives, just like not doing anything. But like I was researching and I wasn't going to get too far into it, but he's not the first person to do it. But the thing is that in some of the other instances where people woke up speaking another language, they did actually have some basic knowledge of that language. Ruben really didn't. He knew a handful of words. That's not basic knowledge. Anybody, I know a handful of words in Russian. It doesn't mean anything. Same with French for me. I'm like, yeah, a handful. So this case is one of the 200 cases of what is called foreign accent syndrome, which occurs when someone recovers from a brain injury only to find themselves either speaking in a foreign accent or just speaking another language fluently like Ruben. The syndrome is apparently caused by damage to the part of the brain that controls speech. So other examples of this were a woman from Ontario who started speaking with an accent from a completely different region of Canada that she had never visited and never met anybody from that region, which I get it because I'm from Brooklyn and Brooklyn's, Brooklynites have Brooklyn accents. It would be like me suddenly speaking like someone from like Texas without ever having been there and knowing anybody so strange. there. And she had this after suffering a stroke. Another woman in Texas developed a British accent after dental surgery. <laughs> Cheerio. Imagine you freaking go to like get your like root canal and you're like, hello, like your sister lives in London now. And I'm pretty sure she doesn't even have a British accent after living no, there for she two doesn't. years. She just uses some funny British phrases, but her accent. Does she is- go to the John and like call her apartment a flat? Yeah, she calls it a flat. And then she also says, 
she'll be like, oh, it was quite brilliant. I'm like, oh, it was, wasn't was it? Was it quite, quite it was brilliant quite indeed, it? eh? <laughs> According to scientists, foreign accent syndrome only hits one person per year. Damn, Imagine. lucky bastard. I would love to learn. You know how many times I've downloaded and deleted Duolingo in frustration? You, like, I Me too. Kill. And do you know how much <laughs> sign language I know without actually have, being able to have a conversation? Like, I've been trying to learn shit forever. I would forever, love to learn sign and language. I thought and that, I, I have I the little that card being, and that's the extent. I have to look down. I know down. some things. <laughs> but as, a, as someone who's bilingual, I thought it would be easier to learn another language. And it's not because then I just jamble it. Like, a funny story. When I was little, because I spoke Spanish first and then I learned English as I went to school, I used to jumble my words up. So, for example, my mom always told me this. That happens to me today. I still do it too. So, the, the word is umbrella. And the Spanish word that we use for umbrella in Colombia is sombría. And so I would call it a sombrella because I just started like mixing up the words. <laughs> and I feel like if I learned a third language, I would just mix up English, Spanish, and whatever the third language is. Because half the time, I don't know what the hell I'm saying. Ah, that's hilarious. Sombrella. sombrella. I wanted my sombrella when it rained. Aww. Now for my last story, I'm going to get into something completely different, which is the story of Sean Lurwill. Um, Sean went on a skiing trip in Utah, which Christy and I were talking about Utah before we started recording. Yeah. So basically, he was going to ski in Utah. He was standing behind his car unloading his ski equipment when he was struck by a mining truck. He was struck by the lid of the trunk and was hit with such force that the lid was actually torn off the vehicle. Crazy. Dude, the fact that he survived is amazing. That's the thing. Like, some of these things are just like, dude, if it was me, I would have died. Me like, too. I just don't have that type of luck. Like, Christy hit her pinky toe and her toe looks like it's about to fucking fall I off. I slammed my, my pinky into a wall this week. Literally what it sounds like. Yes, people. And it looks like it's going to fall off. So, And if you think that it would be normal and like the top of her pinky or the side of her pinky would be bruised, the inside of her pinky is I caught the corner of just, a wall. Yep. Yes. Like, it's it just correctly. something that would only happen to Christy. So my, that's why... And I, if like, that happened to me, my kappa would just be detated, as Michael Scott once said. His kappa was detated. That's what would happen to me in that circumstance. So he says that he doesn't remember losing consciousness, but he remembers being outside his own body. Um, he said he saw his body and he felt disconnected from it. According to an interview Sean had in 2015, he remembers thinking it broke his neck. That's how dis- That's how disconnected he was. He was calling his body it. it. He said it broke his neck. His next thought was that he was glad he was not going to be in his body when it hit the ground. He had this very strange feeling that his body just wasn't his anymore. And as a matter of fact, after this accident, he actually starts speaking in the third person. That's like he's super disconnected from himself. The next thing he remembers is being back inside his body and feeling and quote unquote feeling the weight of his eyes in his head. He then said that he when he hit the ground, he felt he felt himself leave his body again. And he watched as blood came out of his nose and ears. He thought to himself that this was it. He had died. He obviously didn't die, but the injury left him with some very long-lasting effects. The doctors in a small town in Utah where he got his injury were ill-equipped to handle with a brain, tra- like a traumatic brain injury and completely mishandled his case. And they basically just prescribed him some meds for his pain and called it a day. So for the next three days after his accident, his brain actually continued to swell. His personality completely changed and right away he had difficulty holding a thought in his head and suffered severe memory loss for both long-term and short-term memories. He stated, quote, I couldn't remember who I was. I remember events of my life, but it was as if I wasn't present for them. He began to exhibit psychic abilities, although he had no idea that he was psychic in the beginning. Quote, for example, I began to notice my wife's thoughts looked like a nebula coming out the front of her head like a Rolodex. And I began to notice that the patterns in the seemingly random nebula were actually thoughts. When certain patterns came up, 
say when she would talk about what to make for dinner or what she wanted to buy from the store, something as mundane as that would show up day after day as a certain pattern. I also began to notice that thought patterns were malleable and that I had the power to change them. Wow. After that, whenever he noticed a pattern that would lead to him maybe getting in trouble, he would quote unquote change the card. And when that would happen, his wife will literally lose her train of thought. Whoa. It's like he was seeing her thoughts before they were happening and was able to like reach in there and kind of switch and, manip- or, and or manipulate Manip- the thought. He was completely manipulating it. Wow. Eventually, his My wife figured that. My husband would love that. What? Charlie would be so fucking oh, ecstatic man. right now. He would love if that happened to me. He because would it would be like, right as he thoughts. notices <laughs> that you're about to fucking flip out, he'd be like, nope, we're going to turn <laughs> that Ryan off. would love that too. Any man would love that. Absolutely. The especially ability when it comes to, to like, switch your, th- your wife's thought. The ability to, to, to stop me from bitching at you <laughs> for watching the dishes or like helping me plan a wedding. Like, that like you don't understand like it. he would be so fucking they ecstatic love it. or he would just love to manipulate me into actually picking what i want to eat for dinner <laughs> but eventually his wife figured out that he was controlling her mind and she called him out on his bullshit because you know i would also be annoyed if i kept losing my fucking train of thought and i love that she figured it out like motherfucker she did she was like you're like the quote the article said you're inside my mind like she just figured it out because there's just no way that a man is right that many times So he was also able to do things like when his wife would lose something, she would ask him to find it. And just by looking at her, he would look at her and be able to see where she lost it. So, for example, she would be like, I lost my book. Can you tell me where my book is? He would look at her and realize she put it on the seat of her car and it fell in between the seat and like the the middle console. What a dude. I would. That's like a permanent lost and found. That's another thing that Ryan would be happy with because he's always losing shit and can never no, find I it. I do that for you. Shut the fuck you up. You do that. You don't know how to find anything. I find your shit all you, the time. I find your shit all the time. You that shit in the crack of the cushion. All right, I'm about to change this card back. and we're not going to talk about this anymore. <laughs> I can't change this card. We're off. We need to talk. <laughs> So he just basically said that he was he just started locating objects and he had no idea why, but he could just find things. And but in contrast, he would get lost on his way home from work and couldn't remember where he was or where he lived. So like it was like, wow. Kind of so it's kind of like shit. even though he got certain abilities, certain things were taken away at the same right. time. Like he still lost his long term memory and short term memory. So like he could totally help you find everything you've ever lost in your life. But like he didn't remember where he lived on his way home from work. He was also able to leave his body the way he did a day of the accident. Quote, it was easy to slip out of my body since the time I had slipped out from the trauma. Even Ever since then, when I am very sick or have been giving laughing gas at the dentist, I tend to just leave my body and reside in the ambient space. My being is only limited by my consciousness, not by my sensory perceptions. Wow. Out of body experiences voluntarily. Like, but he can like voluntarily yeah. have out of body experiences. It's kind of like, um... You know, like in the what movie is it? Oh, Insidious, when he can like yeah, travel. Yeah, like that's basically what it is. He also ended up changing careers because I guess when something like this changes in your life, you end up changing your path. So before the accident, he was um, he worked in like a rehab for special needs and handicapped people, where they would come in, they would help them get jobs in the community, which is also a pretty a pretty great job. And you're helping a lot your community. But now he is a consciousness coach and a psychic, where he does uh, tarot card readings. I mean, it makes sense given cards present and themselves. And his tarot card readings are super accurate because he says basically like, you know, tarot cards are based on the cards and he'll touch the card. And the person is so focused on the fact that he's like touching the card and trying to read them that he doesn't, they don't realize that he's reading them. And that's how he's able to be so accurate with his tarot card readings. And when Sean was asked if a doctor had ever been able to explain exactly what happened to him, the answer is pretty simple. No, nope. Have no idea. 
They have no fucking idea. So I wish I knew that there was a certain way to roll if I fall so that I can attain but that's one the of thing, these. And that's what I'm going to get into here because I literally wrote a disclaimer. <laughs> so I was like, now these are just some of the examples of some truly spectacular things that our brain can do. Imagine if we fully used it. Who knows? All I know is that there's like a lot of hidden things in our mind that are just waiting to be unlocked. But please do not go and bang your head or do anything stupid. Damn it. Because <laughs> I have no money and I have no stuff and I have no property. So when you tell your family that the Eerie America said that if you bang your head enough, you can become an acquired savant, you're not going to sue me because I don't have anything to give you. So please do not go and say that the Eerie America told you unlock your mind by, by fucking diving into the shallow end of a pool. But yep, those are just some of the examples of people who just were able to unlock the power of their minds by hitting their head really hard. I can only hope that next time I injure myself cranially. Meanwhile, I actually have a cut on my forehead from hitting my head really hard on a shelf and all I got out of it was a scar. Oh no, I'm like my nickname growing up ironically was Grace because I'm so not graceful. I slam my body into so many things just this week like you said my pinky i'm constantly like i'm pretty i treat my body like a shell and i just i slam like you really treat your body like you can't afford to hit it i really do and you can't and like me but you can't but meanwhile i I eat well i exercise i do all the things i'm supposed to do but externally i don't take care of myself so i can only hope that if the next time i hit myself in the head i will gain right like the least you can give me the next i've had a few concussions in my life like a few because i played a lot of sports but the funny thing is that I did not get any of my concussions during my sports events. I actually got one of my concussions running down the stairs and hitting my head like I lived in a basement at the time in my parents house and I was running and like jumping and I went up and hit like the low ceiling and boom and I still have a scar like that's why I have to part my hair a certain way. (laughs) I got a really bad concussion from that and I did not acquire any type of savant abilities. I just have a fucking scar on my head that causes me to not be able to part my hair. Well here's hoping that next time anyone that listens to this that falls acquires some kind of ability or talent. Well you live in Colorado now maybe you have a better chance because it seems like there's something Yeah something in the water. Maybe I gotta hit my and then drink like a ton of like the river and then I will somehow be able to speak fluent French or be able to see the future and make money off of that that would be awesome or even a musical talent that would be great so like if you could finally master like the music that we've been trying trying like if you could if you just woke up and were able to play that guitar I think that would be great oh yeah that would be amazing oh that would gift to me honestly that would be worth the injury on my head honestly hands down (laughs) let's not condone that and let's get into our who does that now who does that? Who does that? Who does that? Who, Who does, does that? that? I found this one on HuffPost, and just the title alone, I knew I was going to read it. So it's yes. Kansan who wanted a sword fight with ex-wife deemed not crazy. <laughs> I'm sure tons of people have been divorced and they know this sentiment. But for you to actually have to be deemed not crazy because you requested a sword fight from your ex. Oh my God, I can't wait amazing. to hear what they had to do for them to be deemed not crazy. A court-ordered psychological evaluation determined David Ostrom is not insane, but merely angry over their child custody arrangement. You're not crazy. You're just angry. (laughs) Harlan, Iowa. So this happened in Iowa, but the guy's from Kansas. So a Kansas man who sought legal permission in Iowa to engage in a sword fight with his ex-wife is not insane, but merely angry over their child custody arrangement, according to a psychological evaluation. So he just basically challenged her to a duel? He wanted to duel her because he's so angry. (laughs) 
David Ostrom of Paola, Kansas, asked in a January 3rd court filing to be allowed to fight his former wife, Bridget Ostrom of Harlem, Iowa, and her attorney, Matthew Hudson. So he not only wanted to fight his he wife. He challenged her attorney, he, too? He wanted to duel the, the attorney representing to her fight as well. to the death. So he can, quote, rend their souls from their bodies. And he put this in a court filing. This is why he needed a psychological evaluation. How did they not find him crazy? So, we'll keep going with that. The Ostroms have been embroiled in disputes over custody and visitation issues along with property tax payments. So this is like an all-out battle for, like, not only their home, but their children. An Iowa judge responded by temporarily suspending David Ostrom's child visitation and ordering the evaluation. So they read um, it and were like, Good job no, on that. <laughs> gotta get this guy checked. <laughs> he wants to... F- but I mean, here, I'll, I'll even show you. There's a video, like... He's fenced in full fencing gear. Oh my god, he's got like the fencing like helmet with the mesh in the front. Like he is ready to ready fucking for duel. A and at least duel. he's being safe about it. Yep. But it found the valuation. It found he is not troubled, but quote, has an adjustment disorder with mixed emotional features. He's just fucking had it. Ostrom <laughs> <laughs> told the Des Moines register so he even said that that's what he has in judgment disorder with mixed emotional issues which is the perfect way of basically saying i'm going through a divorce i am going through shit and i need to (laughs) fucking fight to the death and that's how i'm solving it it essentially says i'm not crazy i just don't like being denied access to my children he said ostrom has asked the court to order psychological evaluations of his ex-wife and her attorney according to a motion he filed imagine they found them crazy And they're not the ones who called for the duel. (laughs) Ostrom, who is representing himself in court, of Of course. Of course he is. (laughs) Naturally, he's not going to pay for an attorney. There's no lawyer that's going to sit there and and, and, and want to take this case on. And endorse your sword fight. Yeah, that's not happening. This is not 1802. Your Honor, my my client (laughs) deserves to duel to the death. Ostrom, yeah, who's representing himself in court, also filed a motion Friday asking for parenting time with his children and be, he be reimbursed uh, his $4,765 in legal fees and $2,200 for the psychological evaluation. So they made him pay for the evaluation <laughs> and now he wants them to pay it back. I'm, I love this It's guy. like, well, I'm not crazy. Pay me back. This guy feels like Larry David's offspring. He really this does. This seems like an episode <laughs> of like a couple of different shows that we watch because this can't be real. The motion also seeks $255,000 for emotional damage. <laughs> I need I need $255 for emotional damage from this, uh, this, this article. From the lack of duels that I'm allowed to fight in court. because You just... didn't let me fight my, my ex-wife and her lawyer in a duel, so you owe me $255,000. Neither Bridget Nordstrom nor her attorney responded to the register's well, request for comment. Of course they didn't. David Ostrom have previously told the register that he filed a trial by combat motion to get the media attention for the case so he's causing such a ruckus in this divorce that HuffPost is writing about it like that's how bad that this is guy is amazing and horrifying all at the same time so bless you david i hope you get your kids and i hope you get your i hope eventually. there is an update on this article because I, I really need to know if he's no, gonna I fight to the death if he's not crazy why can't he render their souls from their bodies with a duel. I don't see what the issue is. Why? How come it was good enough for Burr and Hamilton and not it's not good enough for David Ostrom? And- this <laughs> podcast is very behind fighting to the death in a duel. That is 
said awesome. Who does that? I'm sorry. I thought it was too good. And it I, wasn't in Florida, so nobody yeah, can get that. Was, that. It's that was awesome. It is kind of like the Florida of the Midwest, though. So. I had this running joke with one of my friends that we could not, we thought Iowa didn't exist because nothing came out of there, and I never had any proof that it existed, and I didn't know anybody who came out of Iowa besides like the, Ashton Kutcher. And Slipknot. And Slipknot. So it's like, what else came out of <laughs> Iowa? There's no other proof that Iowa exists. <laughs> I've never seen Iowa, personally. I know there's a lot like, of Like, I want to know if you're from Iowa. If any of the couple of people listening, if you're from Iowa, I want proof that Iowa exists. Yeah, send us a picture. But yes. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Please like, subscribe. Listen once in a while when you get a yeah, chance. Yeah, please just you like, kind of listen yeah, to us. Yeah, just listen once in a blue. I understand we're not commuting. I understand things are a little off. But, you know, check us out. And most importantly, stay weird, Americas. Bye. Bye.